marvelous Monday, my beloved brethren, and welcome again to this podcast. Listen to the book. I invite you to spend time with us today. I am your Bible coach, Brother Benji Stubbs, coming to you all the way from the beautiful island of Grand Bahama in the lovely city of Freeport. And it is our privilege today to spend time together in the Word of God. I want to say special thanks to my producer and director, um, Mrs. Precious Sturrup. We ask, O oh God, that you would bless us as we come together. It's my prayer today. May God richly bless you as we spend time in listening to the book. And I invite you now to turn your attention and your thoughts on the book. Look with me first to the book of Joshua, the very first chapter. And as you know, Joshua was the minister of Moses, the servant of the Lord. And in chapter one of the book of Joshua, the Lord gave specific instructions to Joshua concerning the book. Beginning there at verse six, and seven, God says to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it, the Bible says. Meditate in it day and night. And I would have you to know that these instructions were not given only to Joshua as the leader of God's people at the time, but we are also to take up the admonition and to meditate in the book day and at night. And by the way, when you ever, whenever you read the Psalms, you'll see every now and then the psalmist would declare Sheila. Some people say Sila. Well, in the Hebrew, the word really means meditate. Think on this. Think about it. And as we read the word of God, it should be a regular routine to meditate on the import of the precious word of God. And so the word of God is our fortress. It is our foundation. And then we come to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew chapter four. And no less a person than our Lord himself will tell us. Matthew chapter four and the fourth verse, our Lord says in his confrontation with the enemy of our souls, there in the wilderness of temptation, the Lord says to Asatan, that old serpent, the devil, he says, man, that is you and I, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. My brothers and sisters, not some or part or selected few. Our Lord and Jesus says, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you and I have to be dutiful and obey every word. The psalmist says to us in the 190, 119th division of the Psalms, he begins by saying in verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Now, for those of you who would have done masonry or similar work, you know when they talk about settling, when you're pouring a floor, some concrete work, the concrete that mortar, that mix has to be settled. And once it's settled, 
you'll take a jackhammer or something other to break up that foundation, to break up that floor. And so the psalmist will tell us that the word of God is settled forever in the heavens. Now, my question to you, the question to you and I is, what kind of ladder are you going to use to go up to heaven and break up the word of God? Every word of God is settled in heaven. And the best thing you and I could do is to obey the book. And in that same chapter, I think it's the 105th verse, the psalmist says, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so if you're walking in darkness, if you're floundering in darkness, if you're not sure what to do, where to go, may I suggest to you, open the book and listen to the book. The word is like a light. It's nothing better to have when you are in a dark place. No light from the top, no light from the bottom, no light around, but you have light in front of you. And so it's like a lamp. We're told to take the Bible as a lamp. It will enlighten you. And I often wonder, why is it then that many of the so-called people of God refuse to avail themselves to the light of truth? Thy word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my path. Brothers and sisters, let us make use of this light. And so we have the word of God in its fullness to us. From Genesis to the book of Revelation, God has given us everything that we need to take us from here to the kingdom. And the only thing he asks of you and I is to obey the book. Yes, listen to the book. I'm quite sure you remember the experience of Samuel the prophet when he confronted Saul after Saul's last act of disobedience concerning the word of God. And Saul made excuse to Samuel. He said, well, you know, um, the people made me do this and do that because they wanted to make a sacrifice to God. <laughs> and we all know the famous retort that Saul received from the prophet Samuel. Behold, says the prophet, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion in the sight of God, quote Samuel, for rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. Now, many people have a hard time understanding that. You mean if I disobey God, I'm practicing obedience? Yes, that is what the Bible says. If you're walking in disobedience today, against the word of truth, the word of God, if you're not listening to the book, you are practicing witchcraft, according to the book of 1 Samuel. And then he went on to add, not only are you practicing witchcraft, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. Then he added this, and stubbornness, oh my brothers and sisters, stubbornness, says the prophet, is as iniquity. Did you ever think about that? When you're stubborn to the word of God, to the voice of God, to the spirit of God, you're practicing iniquity. And iniquity is more than just uh, an occasional sin, or more than just a transgression. Iniquity is a deliberate determination to look in God's face and say, no, I will not do what you say. Many of us would fail to think that we'd want to be charged with such a crime against the God of heaven. But 
the Bible says, the book says, if we disobey God's word, we are guilty of iniquity. The psalmist would tell us even our prayers, if we disobey the word of God, our prayers are an abomination. If I know what to do and don't do it, then I am in abominable state. And finally, my brothers, let me share with you, my brothers and sisters, that which the prophet Micah says to us in the sixth chapter of the book of Micah. The prophet is very clear. He says in chapter six, I believe it's the sixth verse, he says that he's, he's requiring of you and I to do a certain thing. And so the prophet asks the question, what does the Lord require of me? He says, he showed the old man what it is that God wants you to do. And then he lists three simple, practical, very agreeable things. Number one, he says, do justly. That means always do the right thing. God wants you and I to do the right thing when it comes to his word. He says, do justly. And then finally, the second one, he says this, and to love mercy. In our day, we would say when you're powerful, you must be merciful. Yes. And the third and final thing he says, and walk humbly with thy God. Humility, oh God, is what we need. We need to be humble. My grandfather used to say, the humble child tastes the grace of God. And as strong as Moses was, and as popular as he was, and as faithful as he was, the Bible says he was the most humblest man on the earth. <laughs> Meekness. And that is why the Bible says, as Jesus says in the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, the meek, not the weak, the meek shall inherit the earth. My brothers and sisters, let's be meek. Let's be humble. The book says clearly, as I wrap up, he says this, it says, pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. The antithesis to pride is humility. Humility, walking humbly with God. That's what the book says. My brothers and sisters, let us be determined to listen to the book, for the book is written for our instructions, for our admonition, and for our benefit. May God bless you as you take time today to listen to the book. Be blessed. Amen.